We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep. Vince, is it time? Are you ready for rapid fire? Oh my gosh, I'm so ready. Let's do it. I'm so ready, so ready. I got a feeling our 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 viewers, listeners are gonna like this first question. I'll see where we go. I don't know if you know how our answers are going to differ. Fill in the blank. Many people want to see Tommy Reese lose his offensive coordinator position right now, and that's blank. It's unrealistic. I was going to say ridiculous. I was going to say, you know, far-fetched. I was going to say, you know, heat of the moment decision. It's just unrealistic. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're, they're not going to fire him in the middle of the season like this when they, you know, coming off of what happened at Clemson and, and all. It, there's too many positives for him from a firing standpoint. You're not going to fire him in the middle of the season. He didn't. He hasn't done anything illegal. You know, that, that's the only way you're going to get fired in the middle of the season is if you do something illegal or you're, you're a bad dude, you're abusing players, you know, there's off the field stuff, right? It's a winning program. It's probably going to be a top 15-ish program at the end of tonight. You're not firing your offensive coordinator. It's not happening. Not no. now. Not now. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to do it now because all you're going to do is what you're going to push somebody up from within, whether it's, you know, like Parker obviously has offensive coordinator experience or whoever it happens to be. You're you're not going to gain anything the rest of this season. You're already bowl eligible at yeah. this point. You obviously, you, yeah, you want as many wins as possible. Absolutely, in all that, but it 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 makes no sense to fire an offensive coordinator midseason, especially like you know you are talking about an alum of the school. That is true. And also an alum of the school who was hired under unique circumstances. So like, you know, like the whole, like who's in charge of what and, you know, who makes that call? You know, yeah. like he was hired before Marcus Freeman was hired. Exactly true. Don't yeah. forget. So, but, but it's just, it makes no sense to do it now. You finish out the season at the end of the season. You evaluate everything. You evaluate everything, whatever, yep. you know, whatever you think needs to be addressed you address it. And just like I've said before, I don't think it makes sense to fire head coaches mid-season, you know, especially like in September, like when so many of them started getting the axe. That was ridiculous. It, it's, it, just, it just makes no sense. But right. 
so I, yeah, there, there's no reason to do this now. And again, like, what does it gain you? How about that? Like, let, let me turn this around. Like, if you fire Tommy Reese right now, what does that gain you the rest of this right. season? What does because that gain the, you? Because then you're handing the reins off to someone who has a lesser knowledge of the offense. Maybe that's good. I don't. You know, maybe that would be all it would gain you. But like. Someone who hasn't called plays for this team, hasn't worked with the quarterback because he's also the quarterback's coach, all those different things. And I just, I do still think you have to keep in mind, you know, have there been things that we've seen from this offense and from Tommy Reese that makes us scratch our heads and, and even bang our heads against the wall sometimes? Yes. And we've talked about some of them in this show. But at the same time, this is a guy who is working with a backup quarterback. This, you know, this is, this is at the end of the day, a backup, basically emergency type quarterback, you know, that, that they've managed to win all but one game with so far. They haven't all looked pretty, but they've won all but one game with this guy. He's seven and one as a starting quarterback right now. Yeah. That can't be forgotten. I mean, look, he hasn't looked good at times. He's looked pretty darn good at other times. I mean, he is a very up and down quarterback, and that's why he's the backup. He wasn't consistent enough to win the job, right? It is what it is, man. Again, he is seven and one as a starting quarterback in Notre Dame, and that means that you know, in the last eight games, Tommy Reese is seven and one as well. And we can nitpick and we can be upset with some of the things that he has done or not done, and we will do that tonight at eight o'clock. Tune in, <laughs> but it, you know, nothing. Firing him right now doesn't. Do anything to help games you nothing games you nothing right when you've got two regular season games and a bowl game to go we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So Marcus Freeman says that Senior Day is going to work a little bit differently this year. And I don't know if you saw what this is, by the way. I don't know if you saw this earlier. So here's your question, (laughs) but I haven't heard what he said. That's right. So I didn't know if you heard the press conference. So here's what the fighting Irish head coach said at his press conference today with the explanation of senior day this year. Being recognized as seniors are the ones that have said this is their last season here at Notre Dame as a senior, right? So um, Avery Davis is a senior and this would be his last season here at Notre Dame. Guys that might consider coming back for a fifth, sixth year, they, they won't be recognized for senior day. It's the guys that have said this is, they know for certain this is my last season my last game at Notre Dame State, Notre Dame Stadium, and I'm a senior, right? And so um, that's to, to be clear about that. But, uh, yeah, that, and that's what I want. I want it to be special. I don't know what it's been like in the past, but I know what I, when I was a, a player and come to a couple programs I've been a part of, it's just that it was special to be a senior. And what does it mean to be a senior? Yeah, you're a senior in terms of eligibility in school, but this is your last season, right? It's, you're not coming back. Um, for another year, and so for those guys, we want to make it special. So, what do you think, Vince? Uh, it's about time. I mean, I I actually really like that because, look, is it special if you get to go through it three times? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Because no. like, how many times have we seen guys, you know, run out there at least two years in a row because they right. decide to come back for their fifth year? Jo- Josh Lug, if I'm not mistaken, is on his sixth year. Does that mean he's he gone is. through Senior Day three times now? This I mean, will be his third, yeah. <laughs> that's not special. He's gone through senior day almost more times than he's been on the team. Right. I, mean, I, I Yes, I am totally fine with that. And he was very specific because we know that it's going to be Michael Mayer's last year, and he's not a senior, so he will not be participating in senior day, which right. I'm also fine with. Uh, that's just an example, obviously, because he'll be leaving early, right. and he should. Um, no, he has. Now, what if, what if he had his degree in hand? Like, what if he was going to finish his degree in mm. December? He's still Would a junior. No, he's okay. still a junior. Okay. I mean, it's called senior day for a reason, not graduates day. So I would be, I, I still think if you're here for a fourth year, then that's fine. Uh, I, I like this. I like this a lot. It'll also give us an idea who's possibly coming back. We won't have to that's worry exactly about that it. for a while. <laughs> we get to sit there and we get to go, okay, so he came yeah. out. He came out. Yeah. Oh, he didn't come out. Uh-huh. And I'm sure <laughs> you know? I'm sure there's going to be an exception to the rule at some point. Like some Somebody guy might would, change his mind. Some or, guy's yeah. like, I'm out. And then maybe the coaching staff goes to him later and is like, are you sure? Right. You know, like that could happen, right? But I like the fact that they're not going to have three senior days. Okay, it's supposed to be special. You only get one in high school, and it's special. It's really special, you know. So I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, I like it a lot as well because of what you said. It's like how many guys have we seen go through, and it's like, well, he still could come back next year, <laughs> and then he gets another senior day the right. next year. There are going to be twenty-five guys. He okay. said twenty-five guys will be honored for senior day, and now. We know that some of those guys will be walk-ons, so that's sure. that's actually a pretty small pool 
like yeah. if you if you think about it, a pretty small potential pool of uh, you know of of guys sure. who have, are, are saying I'm absolutely done. Yeah, the in number terms that of they're going to bring in from uh, from a recruiting standpoint. Right. So you know there's going to be more attrition than that because there's going to be some transfers. There's going to be you know this, that, and the other, and there's probably going to be some older guys that decide after senior day to leave. Um, so you know that it's going to work its way, itself out. It always does. But yeah, that's a small number. That's a really small number. And by the way, the other part of that, I, I actually asked the question about if they've started having conversations with fifth-year guys and stuff like that, and he turned it into explaining how senior day was going to be. But I also asked about Avery Davis and what you know his future could look like. This was his sixth year, and then obviously the ACL. But you heard Marcus Freeman said, Avery Davis is done. This is his last year at Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's really unfortunate, you know, yeah. for a guy who's put so much into the program and, you know, tore both of his ACLs in the last two years, yeah. but, you know, and like he was, he was potentially last year, the way he was playing, you know, thinking about the NFL draft yeah. and, and, you know, so well, and maybe, maybe yeah. he still goes and, you know, rehabs and sure. you know, tries to get strong and, and works out and tries to catch on as a, you know, undrafted free agent someplace next year with the NFL. But, it really does suck, you know, but he, he will not be back for a seventh year, Avery it, Davis. It just means that you and I have to get there early and actually have to write down every guy that comes exactly. out of that tunnel because, you know, well, a guy like Bo Bauer, I think he's got an extra, he's probably got a COVID year that he can use, you know, like who, you know, who's going, who's coming out of the tunnel? Who's coming out? Who's not? I think, I think this was Bo's fifth year. Was it? I remember right. Well, it's always the COVID that. year. So, well, you only get the COVID year is five years, though. Like, wasn't he like, injured though? At one like point? five years Maybe of not. playing. I mean, yeah. Maybe so, not. I can't. I would remember. have to double check that. The COVID year has think, screwed everything up as far as yeah, I know. for me. It's like, harder to track it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where everybody's at. Like, I can't even. I don't even know anymore. I was gonna look at the roster and see because sometimes they kind of tell you some things, but I highly doubt that it's gonna be helpful to me. Let's see yeah. here. Football number fifty-two. He is a senior with an asterisk, whatever the heck that means. Of course, they don't tell you what an asterisk means, so that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, fill in the blank on this next question, Vince. It means blank that Notre Dame is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite to beat Boston College this week. It means that I'm not betting that again. I've learned my lesson, and I'm not taking the 20-and-a-half points. But from a Vegas standpoint and from a talent standpoint, they are absolutely 20 and a half points better than Boston College. Boston College pulled the upset against NC State last week. Awesome. Congratulations. They're working with a backup quarterback as well. They've got an offensive line that I'm pretty sure you, me, Brian, Sean, and Ryan could do a decent job if we took their spots. Okay. The offensive line is terrible. Okay. Terrible. If anybody thinks that Isaiah Foskey isn't going to get the sack record, and he gets an opportunity to play Boston College is out of their minds, okay? He's going to get it, probably on senior day. So it's absolutely accurate from a Vegas standpoint, but I am not touching it with a 10-foot pole. I don't know how they keep making Notre Dame a double-digit favorite, though, because what this means, the fact that Notre Dame is favored by almost three touchdowns, it means you should run from that line is what it means. And quite frankly, if you're still betting on Notre Dame at this point, you probably need help. And, you know, at least you're, at least you're in, you know, the, the early stages, Vince, you're not in denial. You have, you know, you have finally 
looked in the mirror and realized that maybe the problem is closer than you wanted to realize. And I added them. Real. I added them to that parlay at the last second to boost the odds because I was like, oh, I'm not going to win enough. Stupid. Here are the facts. Notre Dame's played 10 games this season, right? They have been a double-digit favorite. This is the sixth time they've been a double-digit wow. favorite. Okay. 0-5. 0-5 as a double-digit favorite. Marshall, 20-and-a-half-point eh, favorite. Cal, 13-and-a-half-point eh, favorite. Of course, they won that game. But Stanford, 16-and-a-half-point yep. eh, favorite. UNLV, 26-point eh, favorite. And then, of course, Navy, 17-point favorite. 0-5 against the spread as a double-digit favorite Yikes. this season. If, like, that doesn't tell you, like, if you really think you have to bet Notre Dame, you, the the game, you need to be betting on Boston College. Is, is what you, you know what's going to happen. All these pe- all 153 of these people are going to take Boston College plus 20 and a half, and Notre Dame's going to win by 21. They're going to win by 21. You watch. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's like, Play up, play down, right? Like, what do all those teams that they're owing, you know, when they were favored so heavily, what do they have in common? Well, you know, one, Notre Dame was a heavy favorite, but Notre Dame did not play well in any of those games, even the wins, you know, for parts yeah. of, of the wins, but they didn't play complete games in any of them. Yeah, but they're 5-0 right. and o on the other side when they're either a single-digit favorite or in the case of Ohio State when they were an underdog. They're 5-0 and o against the spread in those games. So, like... Don't bet this game. Wait for USC. Wait for bet USC. Because they'll be, they'll be an underdog. Yes, they will. And I'll take Notre so. Dame in the points all day on that one. Yes. All day. Yes. Buy or sell. If Notre Dame had ended up losing to Navy after leading by 22 points at halftime, would it have been worse than losing to Stanford or Marshall? This is something that I saw floated around sure. this weekend. Uh, I will buy that. It would be worse for one major reason. It's November whatever it was 12th that's why it would be worse because you know marshall's at the beginning of the season stanford was in october which is also too late which is why you can't erase that loss right we have we've had that talk before Mm -hmm. but this would be worse because you had a 22 point lead at halftime and you were absolutely dominating them on offense dominating them 22 points at halftime it would have been worse on – I mean, you think people are upset right now because they had a bad second half? Can you imagine if they would have actually lost that game, what we would be dealing with right now? Deservedly so? No, it would be it would be worse than losing to both of those other teams. And it's not just having a 22-point lead at halftime. It's that you had a 22-point lead, and it's not just that it's Navy, but you had a 22-point lead against a triple option team, regardless of what the name is. Yeah. The triple option is not built to come back from a 22-point deficit, and they right. nearly did it. And again, if they don't have to kick that field goal, if they turn it into a touchdown instead at the end of the first half, then yeah. they would have come back. And it's like you you just you can't give up a 22-point lead to a triple option offense. You just can't. And it, it absolutely would have been worse than than either one of those games because you know, one. At least there was some back and forth in those games, and and Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame did have leads, but they did end up giving them up. But this one, when you're up by more than three touchdowns, and yeah. what you said, you're this late in the season again. You're supposed to be building to something now yes, under exactly. this first year head coach, and exactly. to to have lost that game, to have completely collapsed and lost that game would have been the momentum would have been horrible. terrible. I mean, it would have yes. been absolutely terrible. You can. 
there's a lot of things you can explain away, you know, at the end of the season, if you finish out and you win out, right. You beat Boston college at home. Like you should, you beat USC on the road, whether they should or not is a completely different conversation. And then you go win a bowl game, wherever that bowl game happens to be, you win out, you go into the off season with a lot of momentum. If you lose to Navy, that is gone. All of it gone. And guess what? If they lose to Boston college, it's still all gone, all of it. So you can't lose those two games. You cannot. You can explain away USC to a degree. I still think they should win that game because I don't think USC is a complete team either, okay? And I have a lot of faith in Notre Dame's defense. But if you lose to Boston College or you would have lost to Navy, that's inexcusable. All that momentum that you built up is gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's Drew Pine talking about Braden Lindsay's crazy touchdown catch on Saturday. Uh, that was unbelievable. Uh, Braden's a guy that all season, I mean, he's been open a ton of times, playing, doing, you know, he runs as hard as he can. And he's a guy that's in practice. He's always got a smile on his face. And, you know, I, I've, I felt like, you know, I got to give him a shot. And, and, you know, I scrambled out there. He beat his man by, you know, five, a couple of yards. And I saw that and I said, you know, I'm going to give him a chance. And I threw it up. And, I mean, it was an unbelievable catch. I've never seen anything like it in my whole life. And, you know, I'm so happy for him. And, and you know, he's going to continue to keep getting better as well. So, What do you think, Vince? I think that he should have come to the realization that he should give Lindsay a chance about eight games ago. Eight, that's right. Like where, where, uh, where's this been? <laughs> yeah. Like you, I think it was funny that he said he is open all the time. Yeah, he is open all the time and you <laughs> He's don't open throw all the time, but I never throw it to him. <laughs> and the one time you did throw it. No, that was Buckner. Buckner threw it to him uh, in the Marshall game and overthrew him. Right. Uh, but Throw the ball no, he, to zero. Kind overthrew him against Stanford, though, too. No, that's that true. The one in the end zone. Good yeah. point. Good point. So throw the man the ball. He has been open. He look, we talked in the preseason about Braden Lindsay and what he was going to bring to the table this year and how he hard he was working and all of that. He's checked all those boxes except getting the ball thrown his direction. He can only do so much. He is getting open. You've got to throw him the ball. Drew, you got to throw him the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was a fantastic catch for one thing. It was like, it was amazing seeing a guy like Braden Lindsay be able to make that catch because it's like something that we haven't seen from him before to see him make that catch to go up and over. You know, that was basically like a Jaden Thomas, kind of like the catch he had against BYU, but Thomas is bigger. So the degree of difficulty didn't, you know, didn't look quite the same. But you're absolutely right. It's like this guy has been open all year and. Drew Pine is supposed to be the guy who's watching film all the time. So you've got to know that he's open all the time. So you need to be looking for the fast guy wearing number zero. He should yeah. be more than just he should be more than just a fast blocker out there. Find him, find him more often. Get him the ball. Yep. <laughs> Don't know what else to say. Yep. Michigan State and Gonzaga played basketball on an aircraft carrier on Veterans Day. NFL played in Munich this weekend. Is there a unique location? that you'd like to see Notre Dame play a football game. See, I, I I read this earlier and they've played in a lot of unique locations, right? They played in Ireland, you know, they've, they've done some pretty cool stuff. And I don't know, like, I love the basketball on the aircraft carrier thing. Like, I think that that is one of the coolest things that they do 
for college basketball. I, I yeah. when I saw that they were doing that again because they did it a few years ago. Maybe it was right. more than that, but like I think that is awesome. So I think that there's things that you can do. I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Notre Dame and like Navy or Army or something play in the Middle East or something like that. You know, for the for the troops. You know what I mean? Right. Like that kind of a thing. Now, of course, yeah. it would have to be safe and you know all of those things that you would have to ensure. You know, and so that's probably not a realistic type of situation, but. At the same time, the Vatican City should Vatican City's too small. I don't think they could host a football game. I know. They have, they have like I, I was thinking like Rome, you know, yeah. like like in the Coliseum would be in cool the Coliseum. Like if the Coliseum could actually seat people, it'd probably crumble <laughs> yeah. if you put people in it. Yes, but that's it like Rome or something like that, I think would be yeah. cool because it's like you know, they're they're and I think like we had some people say I think I, I after I came up with this, I was like, Well, I didn't we might have done this not too long ago because I think people were saying like a NASCAR you know, stadium and, and stuff like that, which is huge. But that's like, there aren't a whole lot of really unique places you can do football because you basically end up going like to a soccer stadium or something like that, wherever it happens to be. But yeah, yeah. I I mean, because once the game is being played, I don't care where it's being played, but yeah. like the ambiance yeah. of it would be cool. So you're right. Italy would be cool. You know, Mexico City, I think would be cool. Like there's a lot of places that the NFL has played where I think it would be cool if Notre Dame played. A NASCAR stadium doesn't do that's too big. It's too big. That somebody said, I thought I saw a graphic on uh, Facebook that said every Big Ten stadium combined would fit inside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Speedway, like really, it's what they said. I don't know how accurate that is, but like, huh. too big. I that's too big. Too much. That's too much. true. That's true. All right, we just got a super chat in here from Corey. Notre Dame essentially had no third quarter. Navy scored on early fourth quarter turnover. Rest of the game was preserving the win. This is the same as Oklahoma State. I had a lot of Oklahoma State vibes watching that game, to yeah. be honest with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Very similar, like, Couldn't run emotions, the ball. Just the you know? same. Yeah. yeah. It, the emotions were the same. Like, I watched the Oklahoma State game. I was there. First half, I was feeling real. I was like relaxed, watching the game. I was shooting the bull with a guy sitting next to me. Uh, you know, halftime was great, getting some food. Not worried about the outcome in any way. Second half, obviously, we know what happened. It was a very similar feeling in this game. You know, it was a very similar feeling in this game. Glad it didn't turn out the same. Interesting that what Ed is saying here, like change of subject, well, not a whole change of subject, yeah. but a little bit. Ed says, I don't want Tommy to get all the experience at Notre Dame and then somebody else get the benefit of that experience. So it's like I get that Teller's remorse, I guess. You know, I don't, like I don't think he's gonna go to another college team, to be honest with you. I so you know, is he gonna have success at a different place? That's possible, but I don't think it'll be a place that would hurt Notre Dame. No, I don't either. I, I think if he moves on, it's gonna be professional. I think it's gonna yeah. be the NFL. Yeah, I think that's where he's that that's yeah. where he's going to end up. And somebody else brought up though too, you know, Tommy's making a lot of money. He is. And yeah. the coaches are the ones who are getting paid. You know, I know there's NIL and all that stuff, but coaches are the ones getting paid and sure. he's he's got to figure out you know, maybe he's coaching Drew Pine up the best he can be coached up. I don't know, but I still do think that there are like simple things like we talked about, simple adjustments that could have given everyone a better shot yes. in that second half. You know, 
Mm-hmm. It's again, it's one thing to have a couple bad drives, but at some point, it's like okay. They've counterpunched us. What's our counterpunch now? We've got to figure that out. And that's like you go back to that Oklahoma State game. There was no counterpunch yeah. in that game. And there wasn't one in the second half, really, either. There were some different formations, but nothing really changed. Nothing. So Colts interim head coach Jeff Saturday led Indianapolis to a win over the Raiders in his debut yesterday. Vince, does it mean we owe Jim Ursay an apology? No. It was still a terrible idea. It was a terrible plan. It worked out this week because they were playing a Raiders team that I think has two or three wins. So, I mean, that was beneficial. And they it went right down to the wire. And, you know, I, I they had to make a fourth down stop with under a minute to go to preserve the win and, you know, all of that. It was – look, I'm happy for Jeff Saturday. I was a Jeff Saturday fan when he was a player. And to his credit, he made some moves. Like, he reinserted uh, Matt Ryan as the starting quarterback. I mean, he did some stuff. He did, He's not just along for the ride. So, I mean, I appreciate that. But no, man, Jim Mercer's an idiot. Like, I, that's <laughs> – you hired somebody with this no is, coaching ability, a coaching experience, man. This is one game. One game. And as you said, he did it against a Raiders team that is horrible. And <laughs> Right. I've said from the beginning of the season, Josh McDaniels, you know, like, like there was some irony there as well that, you know, like McDaniels is the one who, you know, took the job in Indianapolis, then decided to stay in New England yeah. as offensive coordinator for a year, few years. That's what got them Frank Reich in Indy. And now here's McDaniels. McDaniels is going to flop like almost, I want to make sure that I emphasize almost every other former Patriot yeah. coach because Brable, you know, is doing pretty well down there in Tennessee still. That's a guy who knows how to coach to what his talent is and to the level of whatever it is he's playing. Let's see what Jeff Saturday is at the end of the season. There are a lot of teams. It's like they fire the coach midseason. Teams will rally around the interim and they've got one win in them. Like even the Panthers did it, you know, when they they had an interim coach and then they got rid of Christian McCaffrey and they turned around and they beat Tampa Bay. So it's not like other teams have never won with an interim coach. It happens all the time where the, where the interim, you know, sure. sparks something, you know, maybe brings a little pride out of these guys and they do it for one game. Let's see what it looks like at the end of the season. Well, and Let's Colts just, fans, I mean, to Jeff Saturday's credit, he did say, by the way, Sam Ellinger, um, no, we're going to go yeah. back to Matt Ryan. Which, by the way, that's, a the right, right? that's the right move. That's like uh, the best call. Like of all the things, like at least Jeff Saturday, Realize that, it, you know, it's yeah. like yeah. Frank Reich, right Frank Reich always seemed like a really good guy, but yeah. I, I, I liked the hire when they hired him. I actually yeah. liked the hire. Just, I did. He just, at, at some point showed he probably wasn't cut out for that job, you know? And, yeah. And I, I, if I'm a Colts fan, it's like, be careful what you wish for. Do you want the Colts to go on a run right now? And then Ursay just to name Saturday as the official head coach, like moving forward over the next three years? Is that what you want? I don't know. Is that what you want? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Jeff Saturday, like I said, good guy. I think he was a pretty decent analyst when he was doing that kind of stuff. I don't have enough information to know whether he's a good head coach or not. Yeah. Interesting from Domer Buzz. He says, Tommy Reese is 28 and seven as an offensive coordinator. Who would do better? We quit in the Oklahoma State meaningless game. Let's go home. We can beat them if it can. I don't know. They quit. They just, you know, again, they had no adjustment to the yeah, game plan. Quit. 
you can't say that they quit. They, yeah. The players didn't quit. Yeah. You know, it was it a yeah, they had, they didn't adjust. The coaches didn't coach well, right? And there was a reason that some of them lost their jobs after that game. And it was it was a poor performance from a coaching standpoint, but the kids didn't quit. I'm sorry. I right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Salty was asking earlier, I've got my unsalted t-shirt on. Don't think I'm seeing that unsalted sweatshirt, John. (laughs) Starting something. And this is, I got this. This is like up in, I got this when we went on vacation in Michigan. They, you know, it's like the got the Great Lakes, Great Lakes, unsalted, but I did wear it for you today. So we have salty and my unsalted here. So <laughs> like that. Um, and one other question when we were talking about the 50 year stuff earlier, do the coaches have that conversation with players that you don't need to come back? You know, there are different kinds of conversations along those lines. Obviously, mm-hmm. some players they want back. And, you know, if, if they do want them back, they'll present them with the information. Sure. Like, this is how it would benefit you to come back. And, yep. you know, it's it's mutual. And, you know, there, there are others who, especially when you're in the situation that you're in right now, where maybe you're recruiting well, you know, yep. at, at, with, with some of these younger guys, and you've got younger guys who are starting to come up, it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's time for you to move on. You know? Yeah. Kind of and and you, so, just, you have to have that, like... They're honest with them. When you're the head coach you get to have those conversations with guys. And and sometimes it's letting go of a guy that, you know, you appreciate and that you love and as a human and all of that stuff. But if he's got his degree from Notre Dame and you need to make room for a younger guy, then you make room for another younger guy. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it works, man. It's the circle of life when it comes to college football and you need 85 and you've got to keep the best 85 around. Right. And if you're recruiting a guy to come in, you're probably going to keep that guy. And that's just the way it goes. Um, it, now, I, there's all the conversation going on with recruiting. Did you ever get a response earlier before the show started? I did. Yes, I did. Is there anything uh, that we want to say before we wrap this up along those lines? I can simply say that, if you know, for people that did not get the information, of course, Kenny Minchie has decommitted from Pitt, uh, from Pat Narduzzi and Pittsburgh, which I'm sure he's loving every second of oh, since, for his affinity of Notre Dame. I just, but, I want to uh, see. I want to see Pat Narduzzi have a conniption fit. Oh, he will. That's what I want to see. He will. Uh, but he has decommitted from Pitt. I watch that, actually. I know, right? He's decommitted from Pitt. He is visiting Notre Dame this weekend. And and this is a quote. If all goes well, things look very good for Notre Dame uh, for him to be in the 23 class. And I will say that I love this kid's film. So 
once we've kind of crossed the bridge of Dante Moore and the fact that he wasn't going to be coming to Notre Dame and that he was going to go to Oregon and whatever. And we kind of started looking at other quarterbacks and things of that nature. And of all the quarterbacks that I watched that were a possibility, right. That they were going after. This was my favorite guy. I mean, I think the ceiling is the highest for this guy. He's got a strong arm, man. He can just flick it out there and it goes a heck of a distance. I, I, I just like that. He's a pocket passer. He's not super fast. He runs like a four, seven, uh, but he can get yards when he needs to. He can run the read option and be effective, right? Um, so he's an athlete, but he's a pocket passer. He'll sit back there. He'll read a defense. He anticipates very well, I thought. I think he throws well off platform. This is a good get. I mean, this is a really, really good get for Notre Dame. He's a high four-star guy, in my opinion. Yeah, and this I think he's good. This is what we've talked about. You, you know, this is this is like if you really, you know, want to judge Tommy Reese, it's like the recruiting aspect of it and, and what's what's gone on there for the last few years. Yeah. And and now if you want the program to elevate, you know, because like look at absolutely. Look at Clemson. Now they've gone out and got five stars, but those guys were nowhere near what Trevor Lawrence is. But if you if you want if you want it to elevate, you got to get you got to get deeper talent in that quarterback room. Is what you yeah. got to have. Got to get better competition, absolutely better players. And then, like we said, you get as many high fours and fives in that room as you can. And then if one of them transfers, you've still got another high four, five star type guy. You don't you don't go down to a three star kind of guy. Yep. Absolutely. And this, he's a four-star kid and he's got all the tools, man. I mean, yes, he's going to need to be coached. Okay. No kid coming out of high school into college doesn't need to be coached. Okay. So he needs to be coached. He's not a kid that you're going to be putting all your eggs in his basket to be starting as a true freshman. Right. But he's got a lot of tools, man. He's like six, two, he's got a filled out frame. I think he's, I think he's, he has the possibility of being very, very good. All right. I'm going to be on the road tomorrow, heading over to uh Northwestern. I got a women's basketball game Wednesday night. I'll actually be on the show with Vince Wednesday. Yeah, baby. From my hotel room before we go to the basketball game. But is it you and Jesse tomorrow? It is not. It is oh, Jesse not. and Brian. Jesse and Brian. I'm busy as well. So okay. I will be at a girls basketball game. You're women. Okay. I have girls. Well, you enjoy that, and uh, that's going to do it for tonight. A lot of good stuff. We uh, we vented. We got most of it out, so that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but make sure you tune in 8 o'clock tonight. That's right. So everybody Glad go grab some that. dinner, You know, relax a little bit, come on back. 8 o'clock, Brian and I are going to have our upon further review. We're going to talk about the Navy game. The last, I hope, we talk about the Navy game for a while, but we're going to talk predominantly offense. Versus the Navy defense, first half versus second half, all that fun stuff. So make sure you tune in. All right. Thanks, as always, to everyone. Uh, hit the like button on your way out if you would. Subscribe, rate, review, all that great stuff as well. We will talk to you very soon. Full week of shows. End of the season is almost here. But wrapping up, man. we'll be here even when the season ends. Don't forget that. So we will talk to you later. Ivy Nation Sports Talk.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.